And now, Father, we just come to your word. Lord, I pray that we might gain new insight, Father, again, into who you are and the great things that you have done and can do as we walk by faith, not by sight. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you will take your Bibles now, let us turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're continuing our series, Steps of Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 6. <clears throat> and as you recall, we, picked, we, we, we were looking at the account where Elisha and his servant were in the little town of Dothan. And the king of Aram sent his army, some of his army, to surround the city because he wanted Elisha. He knew that he was a man of God, and he was thwarting the, the, the plans of the king of Aram, uh, who was trying to defeat Israel and King Jehoram. And so God would, would use Elisha to tell the king of Israel, hey, don't go here, don't go here, because there, a trap has been set for you. And so the king of Aram, uh, someone told, one of his servants told him that the, I know who the guy is that's, that's giving the messages that we're talking about in secret. It's this man of God down there named Elisha. And he said, go get him. And so that's where we left off. And as you recall, they surrounded the city. And I just, just as a refresher, let's pick it up at verse 15 through 17. Okay, and we'll read this again and... They uh, remember the army uh, of the Arameans are are circled round with their chariots and horses, a great army there at night. And verse 15. Now, when the attendant, the servant of the man of God, Elisha, had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And the servant said to him, Alas, master, what shall we do? And we discussed that. We discussed the, uh, um, the fear this young man had. He was uh, no doubt one of the sons of the prophets. Uh, he was studying for the ministry and he was learning under Elisha. Now he's going to be tested in his faith. And he sees the great army. And he says, what are we going to do? And then I, I just love the answer. From Elisha, verse 16. So he, Elisha, answered him and said, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And of course, he was talking about God's holy angels. The army of angels that were, were guarding uh, Elisha and the servant. But of course, the servant couldn't see the angels. We can't see the angels but Elisha knew they were there. He, as we talked about, he had the eyes of faith. And so he was seeing them, even though they, they could not be seen. He knew they were there. And so now he asked the Lord, Lord, open my servant's eyes that he might see the, in, the invisible and see what you are doing. Verse 17, then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the servant, and he saw. 
And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. All around Elisha. And we were encouraged by that with the fact that each one of us is protected by the Lord. He sends his angels to encamp round about us, just like he did Elisha. And, and if I walk by faith and I live with that in mind, knowing that, Lord, you, you've, you're guarding my steps, you're guarding me, and it doesn't mean that there will be time where the Lord won't remove the hedge and we are afflicted, or maybe even it's time that the Lord calls us home. We never know that. But I know that I can live with the knowledge that God has placed his protection around me every single day of my life as I, as I walk with him. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. I want to just tie something in before we go on. This passage in Hebrews 11, this great hall of faith, we call it, chapter of faith, verse 24. It's interesting that uh, in this whole chapter, Moses gets the most attention about his faith. But if you pick it up at verse 24, now the writer of Hebrews mentions the faith of Moses. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. What does that tell us? Moses was looking beyond this life and looking for the knowing that the promised land was waiting one day, but the heavenly promised land, the riches in Christ were far greater than any earthly treasures. But here it is in verse 27. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he, in, he endured as seeing him who is unseen. If you may have translation that says, seeing him who is invisible. I don't, uh, I remember as a kid when I saw a movie called The Invisible Man. I don't know if any of you ever saw that or not as a kid, but, uh, but I thought that was so, so amazing. He drank this formula, and suddenly he's invisible. Nobody could see him, but he could move around and do things. And, and uh, you think, wow, just to be able to do that. But this is such a powerful statement to us tonight about Moses because it's telling us that Moses, as he, as he chose to leave Pharaoh and, and side with his people, and then lead them out of Egypt. The, he knew the wrath of the king was coming down on him and his people. But notice what, what it said there. It, it says he left Egypt, the Exodus, not fearing the wrath, wrath of the king. Why didn't he fear? Why was Moses not afraid? 
as he, as he left. Because he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses was, had the same eyes of faith that Elisha had. That he constantly saw God before him. God who is invisible. And, and how wonderful it is to live that way by faith. Where you just, you can't see him. But you, you can sense, you know that the hand of God is there. His angels are there. And so through my spiritual eyes, I envision God and the Lord Jesus with me. And I see him as invisible by that faith. We talked about it this morning, that perception, that knowing. I know the Lord goes before me. He's behind me. He's beside me. He's in me. And I know that he sends his angels to camp around about me. If I know those things and I am confident and have the assurance of that, I am going to be able to walk like Moses through my, my world, my troubles, and, and my, uh, when I face the enemies, I'm going to be able to walk without fear, without fear. But as soon as I forget that God is there and I stop seeing with my spiritual eyes him who is invisible, what happens? I begin to think, oh, oh boy, uh, what am I going to do now? How am I going to get out of this? I need, I need to figure something out. And, and suddenly the fear sets in. You know, and it, it, it's very similar to Peter getting out of the boat when Jesus walked on the water, Right? Remember, he first got on the boat. Where was Peter's eyes fixed? On Jesus. But as soon as we know the story, as soon as he looked down, right, he saw the waves and, and, and the wind, and he got scared because he took his eyes off the Lord. And then he began to sink. So it is here. Moses learned how to see the invisible God through his spiritual eyes. And I pray that that will be the case for each one of us. So let's go back to Second Kings here. And Elisha wanted his servant to learn to live this way, to live the same way with the same eyes of faith. But we're going to pick it up here at verse 18. Look with me at verse 18. And when they came down to him, they're coming down to to Elisha, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike these people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them, the Lord struck them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. Then Elisha said to them, this is not the way, nor is this a city. Follow me and I'll bring you to the man you seek. And he brought them to Samaria, the city of Samaria. And here we see that uh, God is ready to move on Elisha's behalf. Yo, he allowed the servant to see that God was protecting them. And now what was going to happen when they, the army moved down? Elisha prayed, and in this instance, the Lord granted his request and struck the whole army with blindness. Can you imagine a whole army of chariots and horses, and all of a sudden everybody turns blind? 
And, they, they, and they're, they're just going, well, wait, where are we? What, what are we doing? And bumping into each other. And you can't fight as blind men. And so Elisha just sets them up then and says, hey, I know who you're looking for. I'll let you find them. Come follow me. They must have not known this was. Uh, they, they must have not known this was Elisha because they were going to listen to him. Verse twenty, and it came about when they had come into Samaria, that Elisha said, "O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see." Now it's time to open the eyes. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. Can you imagine that? All of a sudden, they're they're enemies, remember, of Israel. And now they're in the capital. They're in Samaria, and they open their eyes, and they're surrounded by their enemy. And and so the, the king of Israel is startled by this, but... Look what he, he wonders what he should do. Verse 21. Then the king of Israel, when he saw them, said to Elisha, My father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? Oh, he wanted to. He wanted to finish the job. And he's asking Elisha because he knew that this was a miracle, what he had just seen. Can you imagine he wa- saw Elisha walking with an army behind him, a blind man? And, 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 and just, just a whole picture. And then the king comes out and sees all these. And then suddenly their, their sight is given back to them. But, uh, but of course, he's afraid. And, and so he, he wants to kill him on the spot. Verse 22. And he answered, Elisha answered, you shall not kill them. Would you kill those who have taken captive? You have taken captive with your sword, with your bow? Instead, set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. Wow. So he prepared a great feast for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. And the marauding bands of Arameans did not come again into the land of Israel. So here we see grace don't we 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 are given here a picture of grace through elisha elisha could have said well i think the you know all along the way god made sure that israel would kill their enemies but this is a different well, god had a different plan he didn't want to kill the enemies of israel but he wanted to bless them, to help them, to feed them. And I love that, that he, he put a great feast before them. Turn to Matthew chapter 5 then. And how do we tie this in and apply it to our own lives? Matthew five thirty-eight. The Lord Jesus on the mount. We'll pick it up at verse 38. Jesus is speaking. Matthew 5. You have heard that it is said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist him who is evil. 
But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. See, now Jesus is laying out a concept to the Jewish people that, that they'd never heard of before. You know, not, this is not the way we did things, you know, in, 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 uh, in our history. But now Jesus is saying, don't resist those who come up against you, those who are evil. And even if they physically strike you, just turn the other cheek, just stand there. Verse 40, and if anyone wants to sue you, take your shirt, let him have your coat also. And whoever shall force you to go one mile, go with him two. And uh, if you, uh, some of you who've studied this passage before, you know what he's talking about. A Roman soldier could uh, ask anyone, if they're marching through the town, a Roman soldier could stop and grab anyone off the street, any Jew off the street, and say, carry my bags, carry my, my equipment for me. And they had to do it for a mile. That was, the, that was the law. You had to carry the equipment or whatever the Roman soldier asked you to carry, you had to carry it for a mile for him. And that's why Jesus is saying, anyone who, who asks you to go, force you to go a mile... He says, go with him too. So can you imagine? Roman soldier says, come here, carry my stuff. And then you go a mile with him. And then he figures you're going to drop everything or give it back to him and then run away. But then you would say, let me carry it another mile for you, sir. Do you see what, what, what something like that? Does I remember and, and the slapping of the face when you stand there and and not retaliate that that's not normal, is it? That's not natural for any of us. I remember I was in what was it? In, uh, it was it was yeah, it was it was seventh grade. I was on the bus. We lived in Rockledge, Pennsylvania at the time. So I went to Abingdon High School. And, and middle school. So it was about seventh, seventh grade, and I was on the bus. They were bringing me home, and there was some kid uh, on the bus with some of his buddies uh, behind me, and they were messing with me, and, uh, and I, just, I just was sitting on the bus, you know, and, and, you know, he would slap my head from behind, that sort of thing. And I, I would just tell him, cut it out. Just, you know, stop it, lay off. And I got off of my bus stop. Well, he and his buddies got off the same time. Uh, and that wasn't where they usually get off. But they got off, and he comes up to me, and I'm walking home, and he just, you know, gets in front of me, and he says, tell me to stop it again. His buddies are watching. And... I said, no, I'm, I, I said, I'm going home right now. Uh, I don't want to fight you. And, and suddenly he, he swings at me and hits me in the face, punches me in the face. And I went, I went down a little bit, got up, and was bleeding, had some uh, blood where he hit me. And... I just stood there in front of him, and I don't know, it was the Holy Spirit just 
saying, Larry, you know. Now, later on, maybe when I got older, I might have, you know, torn into him. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit was telling me. I could sense the Lord was with me. I could just sense his presence with me. And I stood before him. And I said, I'm not going to fight you. And he, he stood back after he just laid into me. And he's looking at me. And he's looking at his, his buddies. And, and they're all in shock that I'm not going to fight. That I, but I, I didn't run, hightail and run. But I stood there. And as it were, turning the other cheek. And, and then he says, what's, what's wrong with you? Why would you fight me? And I was able to tell him, I says, I'm a Christian. And, and, I, and, and, and I won't fight you. And that, that is when he goes, <laughs> and he goes like this and walks away with his friends. I was praying that one day that guy would, maybe he, I'll see him in heaven, <laughs> you know. But that, that is that turning the other cheek, but it had an effect on him. And Jesus is saying this to, to the enemies as Elisha is saying to the king of Israel, no, don't kill them, but help your enemy, feed them. And he goes on then in verse uh, 42, give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Yeah, that sounds normal. I like that, don't you? But I say to you, Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you in order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect or mature as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus, Jesus is saying stuff that is blowing the minds of the people. He's, he's basically saying, you are a child of my Father, my, the, the King. If you're a child of the King, there's a way that you need to act. And how often... Have, have, have I realized that I failed at being the king's son, living a way or acting a way that pleases him. You know, it's so easy to, to wear a chip on my shoulder. And if someone comes and, not, and waiting for someone to knock it off, and, and then, then we're going to uh, stand up and, and, and give him a piece of my mind or, or whatever it's going to be. But Jesus is telling us... Uh, I want you to show love to your enemies. And that's, that's kind of what Elisha's doing. So go back with me to 2 Kings here, because Elisha says, leave them alone, and this is grace. See, mercy is not giving them what they do deserve, okay? And what would that be? Well, kill them, because they're the enemy. 
Grace is giving them something what they don't deserve, which is blessing them. And that's, that's a picture of the cross. God lavished his love and grace upon us while we were yet sinners. We did nothing for it. And so, so what does Elisha tell them? Prepare a feast, feed them. You know, bread and water, and then let them go home. And so that's exactly what he did. What a picture of grace it is and a reminder to each one of us of how we ought to live, as Jesus said. And then uh, we're not going to go much farther, but I just want to touch on this. Uh, we're <clears throat> uh, we're going to read through it, but uh, this is perhaps this passage right now from verse 24 to uh, 31. It's one of the most difficult passages to read, okay? So, ladies, you may want to cover your eyes or cover your ears as we read this because it, it's shocking when you under, we understand what a siege of a city um, is like when it takes place. So now the king, king of Aram is, is mad. He hears about this. You know, his soldiers come home, and they're fine. They, they come back with a story. Man, they fed us and everything else. We turned blind. Then we could see. And uh, that, that Elisha guy's got some power. And, well, the king of Aram, he, he, he didn't, wasn't going to take any of this. Verse 24. Now it came about after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. Now, there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it. Now, there was a famine already going on, okay? So they're already having trouble finding, getting enough food and water and that. But when, a, when an army, ancient army, would come and besiege the city, they would, they would camp all around the city so nobody could go in, nobody could come out. Supplies couldn't go in, supplies couldn't come out. So whatever they had in the city, they had to live off of. And the, and the enemy just sat outside the, the city walls all around, and they waited. And they basically were starving the people inside to death. And that's how, until they finally would surrender. And so that's what they expected to happen. Okay? That's what normally would happen. But now we see some things that take place. All right? With the famine... There was a great famine in Samaria, verse 25, and behold, they besieged it until, all right, they besieged it so bad that, that food was so scarce until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and a fourth of a cab of dove's dung for five shekels of silver. This is what they were looking forward to eat. Now, if you were a rich man, you, were, you, you, you would actually, this is the stuff you'd be buying from someone to eat. Terrible, but it gets worse. And as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, help me, Lord, O king. A woman who's starving is up there yelling to the king. The king is... is uh, up on the wall, no doubt, and a woman passes by him, and uh, and 
he's, he's observing everything. He's observing his people. He's looking out and, 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 you know, he sees it's getting worse and worse, the conditions. Look what his response is when a woman cries for help to the king. Verse 27. And he said, if the Lord does not help you, from where shall I help you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? And the king said to her, what is the matter with you? Here is the, the king of Israel. And again, he's a wicked king, Jehoram. King Jehoram. And you know who his father was? His father was Ahab. Wow, what a guy. So, like father, like son. So basically, he's, it's amazing how he use, speaks of the Lord here in kind of a mocking way. And he says to the woman, hey, if God's not going to help you, what, what can I do? Just, just a way of, of saying, you know, and... Uh, he is really not, not seeking the Lord in any way, shape, or form. And then the woman, here's the, the account that is really disturbing. Verse, after the king says, what is, what is the matter with you? Verse 28, and she answered, This woman said to me, Give your son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So, verse 29, We boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, Give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. You see, what happens in a siege is they turn to cannibalism. They turn to cannibalism. And this has, uh, this is the kind of thing that, happens with every seas but in in closing here we'll pick this up next week okay but i want you to turn to deuteronomy 28 in closing because god had warned the children of israel warned them to obey him deuteronomy 28 verse 52 Okay, Deuteronomy 28. And God God is warning them that he's going to send another nation to invade them because of their disobedience. Because they look, just jump back to verse 47. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord shall send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in lack of all things. And he will put an iron yoke around your neck until he has destroyed you. God is basically saying to Israel, you know, you don't want to serve me? Then, then, there's, then this is the curse that's going to come upon you. This is the result of your disobedience and your idolatry. And so then we, we come down there to verse 52. And it shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout your land. And it shall besiege you 
in all your towns throughout your land which the Lord your God has given you. What are we seeing here? God's saying, I'm taking the hedge away. You know, I, I, I put my invisible army of angels around you. I protect you, keep you. I give you everything you need if you just serve me and obey me. But they, did, they said, nah, we're going to do our own thing and worship our own gods. And God says, that's what you want, and this is, this is the result. And so, verse 53. And God's telling him this is exactly what's going to happen, and it did happen. Then you shall eat the offspring of your own body, the flesh of your sons and your daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you during the siege and the distress by which your enemy shall oppress you. There it is right there. God is saying, this is exactly what's going to happen, and that's exactly what did happen. That Israel and the king of Israel... Uh, the northern kingdom, they, they were living in idolatry, and God had enough. And so he says, this, now this, this uh, prophecy is going to come true, and it did. How sad. But as, as we clo- close and wrap things up here tonight, what rem- things we can take away from this tonight is, one, the Lord desires obedience, just like Denny was saying tonight, trust and obey for there's no other way, right? To be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And, and we trust him, we obey him. We know then that we, he, he has us guarded, protected, and watching over us. And may we live in such a way that we see the invisible and see God, though we can't see him physically with eyes, we see him with the eyes of faith, and know that he will carry us through and help us with the enemies that are before us and then be able to show grace to those who come up against us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, once again for the tremendous lessons that you have taught us through the life of Elijah, of Elisha and his footsteps, Father. Here is a servant, Lord, that served you faithfully in spite of all the opposition. And Father, I pray we would do the same. Father, may we take these truths to heart this week, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.